Everyone, welcome to the Cyber Weekly. I am Delgrisha Sokilo, your podcast host, and I am with Josephine Olog, my co-host. In this podcast, we talk about cyber security and all matters related to cyber. I am glad you made it. So, uh, Josephine, how have you been? Uh, good deal, thank you. How have you been? I'm okay. Uh, so, this week we decided to talk about... Uh, Firewalls. So, what? Uh, let me first start with explaining what firewalls are. Then, we'll now dive into like the implementation of it and uh, why is it important. So, with firewalls, basically, it works as a preventive method to block traffic from going in or out of a particular company's network or your own device itself. So basically that's what a firewall does, blocking traffic coming in or out. So you choose based on particular rules you set to allow particular network from working or from not working. So if we start from that point of view, uh, Josephine, uh, in terms of implementation and in terms of costs, have you dealt with such situations before where you require firewall? And uh, how did you handle such situation? Okay, I think uh, in in everywhere I've worked, uh, in all my experiences, there's you know setting up a network is almost. Uh, you really need to have a firewall in place because ultimately what the firewall does is it monitors traffic that is coming into your network and going out. Um, and obviously the it, it, it's almost like you have your inside network which is you, which you trust and then you've got the connection to the outside which you really don't trust. So the firewall um, it, it can be that that thing which which filters your traffic and says is this safe is this is this not safe so, in my experience, it's always been a requirement that you have a firewall in place. Now, the implementation normally you can have a firewall device, sometimes it's software, but in most in most of my experiences has been it's been a software. So it's it's almost that you would um, uh, you configure it based on what you know. I think it's about the the knowledge you have about what is safe and what is not. Um, so you can you can uh, you basically use it to filter your traffic. So if there's traffic that you feel, for instance, if you're an organization that doesn't allow uh, certain types of traffic to go out from email, you can filter that to do that. So especially where, where you prohibit, um, say, your employees from sending external emails, um, that's something that you can do. And obviously, funny attachments that come into your network, you can also filter those. So in my experience, it's been that the firewalls are hardware, but obviously you've got software that runs on it. So it's a, a network device has software that run, runs on it. And then many names, uh, name, many names I won't mention because I've, it's been a while since I've dealt with firewalls. But yeah, that, that's the extent, extent of the implementation. So a firewall acting as a barrier and then controlling access and, and traffic. Uh, 
Have you found it uh, beneficial in terms of uh, being one of the guardrails for an organization? Let's say, let's give an idea of uh, maybe an organization just starting up. And um, like in your experience of uh, fintech, where does it start from in terms of like, okay, where when do you now say that, okay, now I want a firewall, I want a server, I want all that. So where where, where, where do you start from when it comes to that? It, 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 I think it needs, when you start to build, when you build a network, you need to have, look at all the different components. And I think critical amongst them would be having a firewall. So it's, it's like you with a, with a network, you obviously have uh, devices connected, you have your, your links, external links, you have your servers, et cetera, uh, your, your network devices as well. Um, I think as you start, as you plan on building a network, plan, have your security in builds so that you're not adding it at the end. Um, I think that's that's important. So it's a critical component of of your network. So um, now, as much as we talk about firewalls, do you find that it has to be tailored with us? The next topic we are having, which is threat intelligence. Do you find that it has to be tailored with threat intelligence, and uh, it's supposed to be constantly updated? Yes, I think what um, the, the, the added dimension that uh, advanced threat intelligence is, I don't know whether you defined it for, yeah. for, the, for, the, for, the, for our, our, our listeners, but it's, it's about gathering information about um, the potential cybersecurity threats, vulnerabilities. So it's not just uh, stuff, stuff you know, it's stuff that you, you want to find out. And of course, you can use different sources. They're different, you know, perhaps industry-specific groups, they're different agencies that provide that information. So because you're using, you're getting, you're gathering that intelligence, then that, whatever you get, the information that you get needs to be incorporated in in as knowledge into your firewall settings so that it helps you to then build a platform based on uh, upcoming of, of new information. So it's not as, your firewall is not then built on static rules um, and perhaps old information, but it's constantly updated. Um, I, I know the, the advanced rate intelligence is, is, is not, uh, it's not an exact science. So it, it, it is, it's, it's important that the, you know, people who design, who work, who are managing the network, understand what what is construed as a real threat and what is construed as perhaps something that might happen. Um, but also to use that information that is um, real information to to actually change rules on the on on the firewall because that's what you ultimately need if you're going to uh, to make changes on a firewall and you're going to filter traffic. It needs to be based on some fact on some fact. So I think that's something that uh, it it definitely complements uh, the the firewall. I think they they two go in hand. So it, it's they are they're working together, but it's important that you you are also getting your information from credible sources and perhaps a wider range of sources, so that you you you're looking at a, a you know broader category of, of risks and vulnerabilities that you can then incorporate into your the firewall setting. 
Okay, that's interesting. So, um, in terms of um, threat intelligence, still, do you find that uh, uh, it feasible for you to keep on uh, updating your information concerning that? And uh, when you're updating it, these credible sources, do you find that it's better to work with a vendor who you actually know is credible and uh, when it comes to vendors, do you trust open source vendors or you actually trust someone you actually pay to make sure that you know that when things go wrong, at least is accountable in some way and you have particular uh, AUPs, something like that, or SLS, something like that, in terms of like the usage? Yeah, I think it's uh, a tough call, but I, I think you need to base it on your, yeah, as you say, it's, it's your trust level with the vendor. So if you've had a good history with a, with a vendor and a vendor as, is somebody who's well-known in the market and has a good re reputation in the market, then it's there's no reason why you wouldn't do that. But also, I think there's many industry um industry forums, you know, industry specific forums, government agencies that, you know, are definitely very credible sources of information that you can use. So there's the the, the thing with the advanced threat intelligence is is also to be open minded and have a broader reach in terms of where you're getting the information from. Perhaps if you just use a one vendor that you've been using, you might miss out on on what other gov government agencies are saying or what industry associations are saying. So it, it's, it's important that you have um, uh, a broader uh, thing. But as I said before, um, you've got to decide what what you get from that uh, threat intelligence and what you can use to then uh, to then you know update your firewall rules or your settings. Um, and, and it's not by the way confined to firewalls because you, you, you obviously people have other systems that they that they, they run other security systems that you can integrate advanced uh, advanced threat intelligence with so things like the, the security information and event uh, management systems that people have intrusion detection and prevention systems and, and all that stuff i think those are things that all those things can use can ultimately use uh updated information that you collect from advanced threat intelligence we have actually now pointed to that Right direction. So now, <laughs> when it comes to that, uh, for that, I think with threat intelligence, we also have to look at uh, of how we are collecting this information anomalies in the network. I think that is one of the key things with the threat intelligence, because you find that you yourself, you may think that it is normal, but when you look closely and you ask yourself, why is this person doing this? Why is he accessing mm -hmm. the network from here? I think those those question marks need to be addressed. And uh, I find that coming next to my question of, uh, now, when it comes to that, do you find that, because now we are, we are now leaning towards uh, more AI, to be honest. So you find that you would AI would be very well in terms of work very well in terms of 
a threat intelligence? I think potentially yes, because um, with what what um, advanced threat intelligence does is depends on on which sources you go to uh, to collect data from, and where the, where do you get the intelligence from essentially, and that can sometimes be um, limited by what you see as those sources of of intelligence, um, and I think perhaps AI would be able to provide. Uh, you know, perhaps a more uh, diverse, apart from the, the, the scope of where you get intelligence from, it will also be able to perhaps curate more, a more specific threats that come out of it. Perhaps when you, when you apply your, your assess, when you make the assessment of what is, what you constitute as threats from what you have gathered, Perhaps you can inevitably miss out based on the fact that you're looking at so many sources of data. You might miss out what is what what is obvious. Perhaps to some you know AI that AI tools can help you with. So I think yes, definitely it could it could help. Um, now I'm talking theoretically because it's not something that I've done, but I, I do think potentially it could it would help definitely. Because you, if you imagine um, that you have to do this as a network admin or, or whatever it is, all the time you have to go to this source and that source, it could be repetitive, potentially. Repetitive. Um, and if you are able to automate some of the searches and automate the reasoning behind what constitutes a real threat, then that could probably help, uh, help, help. The automation of that could definitely help and through AI. Now, I want to surprise you with another topic of security awareness. <laughs> I think I think surprises are not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now this week I was planning on, on uh, yeah, talking about security awareness and all that. And one of the things which got to me was uh, how would you implement security awareness? I'm definitely knowing that you have multiple people under you. And yeah, how would you implement security awareness? This time, it's more of like you pitching to me because I feel like I wouldn't do the topic justice more than you. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I guess so I'm trying to pitch, <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to pitch security awareness to you uh okay so in every organization you've got you've got um policies procedures that uh, help protect the organization from you know from 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 attacks etc um what the what is always the the most uh the most critical part of an organization are the people because you need an element of of trust that you want people to you want to be able to trust that people will do the right thing but sometimes doing the right thing is based on doing the right thing based on on knowing that what is you're doing is right. So if, if I can give an example, uh, security awareness is not just about knowing that um, if I share my password, the password can, um, you know, you know, the my the system can be compromised. It's about sometimes it's about if you are, for instance, a software developer. Sometimes it's about knowing what it takes for to, to develop a secure system. 
that design that you need to design security within your system so that it's it's not easy to hack. Um, so what I would do with security awareness is make sure that um, the staff understand their role in in keeping the organization secure because ultimately our responsibility with is to all of all of us is to have a secure organization. So understanding the policies and procedures in place and their role in living to that is important. Understanding that the, the that they're responsible for protecting the organization, that they're as members, as uh, staff of the organization or as a team of the organization, they are part and parcel of the organization and their commitment to the organization's values is that it's a sustainable organization. So for, for the organization to keep on going, we have to protect it. Protect it uh, in terms of our reputation, protect it so that we don't get hacked uh, and then our reputation gets damaged, but also that we we do everything we can. So that covers the broad base of everything that you do to protect yourself uh, on a security basis. So physical security, having, uh, if you're assigned assets, what do you do with them? What do you do at the end of the day with your with your information that's been given to you? Uh, how do you design your software? What, what do you, how do you also protect yourself when you're working at home? Uh, don't, how do you make sure that when you connect to, to remotely that you're not connecting, that, you, that you're using a, 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 a you know, VPN? What is your role to make sure that um, people at home are not accessing a laptop? Things like that. So just making sure that there's a culture uh, of st that the staff have that this is our organization. We're going to do everything we can to protect the organization from attacks because we are part and parcel of the organization. So that is where the security awareness uh, for me would how how I would sell it. Okay, I'm not yet sold enough. Okay. <laughs> but but I would want to know of um of uh, a case study basing on your experience. What an example of how you implemented it and how you found it effective. Definitely not mentioning names of organizations and all that, but how the case study of how you implemented it and how effective it was. I think if it's hard to measure effectiveness, but definitely it's. I think it's. I think it should be a policy that you do very frequent security awareness. Uh, and that that can do can be anything, but perhaps have specific training that uh, talks to the different things. Whether it is, I mean, having a basic understanding of of, the, of what the different components of of um, of uh, security are. So, what is a what is malware? What is uh, what what does a hacker look like? Um, what is um, you know. What 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 happens? What happens when I click on an email that I am not expecting? I mean, those things where you need to be aware that potentially, if if somebody sends me an email and I click on it, that could mean that the whole network gets compromised because that means now that malware, whatever it is that they have sent, is sitting now in my network and able to do anything that they want. So also making sure that people are aware um, about you know having open Wi-Fi. Not not connecting, 
if you go to, you know, the many things people do um, where they go to conferences and uh, you get, you give them a Wi-Fi password and you, you've got your work laptop there, you connect, but you're not connecting perhaps through, through a VPN. So whoever is managing that Wi-Fi could potentially intercept, you know, your, your whatever it is you're doing on your laptop. So there's so many different components of it. And I think uh, in organizations that I work for, it is about, we, we try to have, um, you know, a monthly issue that is raised. It could be, you can send, there are many sites where you can send uh, fake malware messages and see how many people actually actually pass that test. So do that on a monthly basis. And then culminate that into intense, because October being a cybersecurity, cybersecurity awareness month, have a daily thing where you're bombarding yourself, not bombarding, but you know, looking at different aspects. You know, what is your role in security? What does what do threat actors look like? What does uh, what does malware look like? What does so there are many many different things, but that's how I, I approach it. And I think it's also about not um, it's not very uh, it's not very how can I say it? It's like every time we do it, it's a different thing. Yeah, you're not always going to do the same subject. You're not going to say, okay, today I'm going to do this week. I'm going to do uh, security, security. I mean, security culture and the role of security. Next week I'm going to do malware. Next week maybe I'm I'm going to talk about what the dark web looks like. Oh, but, so it's, it you it it just depends on what is topical at the time. But I think it's important that staff are aware, and of course it's good to have uh, quizzes and things so that you, you gauge whether people are actually responding and it's good to have the ad hoc tests where you check whether people are actually aware. So there are many sites where you can, you know, as I said, you can send phishing emails, you can, you know, to, to see whether people are, are aware enough following your training. So yeah, there are different ways of doing it, but the important thing is to do it. So to have something that don't do it once a uh, once a month uh, yeah once every month, perhaps a much more intense thing with in a specific month or whatever, but make sure that you do it. Okay. So um if some if uh, now we we are talking about this on a board level, if someone approached you concerning security awareness month, what are those key expectations you would have for this program to be successful and yeah, basically that. So just maybe ask again, is it, uh, is it, if I understand it, so someone is approaching me to say that they want to do future awareness month. Yeah. And what are those expectations you would expect uh, in terms of uh, KPAs to show that this program has actually been accomplished well? Okay. I, I, of course, at the board level, I'm not going to ask what are you what are you going to, to what is that going to look like? Yeah, the mm -hmm. training because it's, it's not necessarily. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't need to get involved to that level. But what I would say is, uh, I would I'd want to make I'd want uh, end result is that all staff have been have, have gone to the program, and there needs to be a measure that says they've gone to the program. And perhaps they they did some tests, and this is how they've done the tests. What what um 
and, and all layers of staff, by the way, not just some staff, but every single person and all layers of staff, because that needs to be compulsory. What uh, the, the thing that tends to happen is that, um, you know, organizations forget that their board also needs to be part of, of that security awareness culture. So I would want them to approach and say, this is, this is our stance on security, this is our culture, and we need to have the board. Because cybersecurity needs to be topmost on the, on the discussion of board members, and they need to be also part of the program of making sure that they're they are aware. Because at the end of the day, um, it's, it is, it is, it's a crit critical uh, uh, an important matter for the organization, but it's also critically important that board members are at the level where they understand what the risks are to the organization. And awareness also needs to talk to what that risk means to the organization. So unless they are aware and understand how they're going to discuss strategy that means how they're going to provide oversight over strategies to mitigate against cyber security uh, when it comes to that do you find like uh, there's a particular budget you would expect or since there are like, these sites you can go to you don't expect them to be asking for much in terms of income um i think it it depends on on what on what the initiative is, but I do expect there will be some budget, some budget, um, whether it is getting external uh, support for, to do that awareness, whether they do it in-house, whether they need some tools to help test the awareness. I do expect there will be some budget components. Um, and, and cybersecurity, but the component of the cybersecurity budget should not be uh, perhaps as large as the tools that you need to make sure that you're you're protecting organization against attacks. So having whatever it's the tools you have, whether it's the PMs or the intrusion detection, protection, all those tools, I think definitely there should be a budget allocated to those, but um, a component of, of that cybersecurity budget should also be awareness. So um, you prefer external or not external? Because you may be worried that Perhaps by them coming in, it might show that there's a flaw in your system or anything like that. Or you'd prefer someone on the inside to do that work. But again, with the person on the inside, yes, uh, people are already used to him, so they might not take him seriously because uh, they know this is my guy. Yeah? So how? <laughs> what would you prefer? an external person to do the security awareness map or an internal person? Uh, I think an ex the external person can perhaps give you uh, like a training, a one-off training. So it's not that it's an intense every day that they come or whatever. Because honestly, um, one of the best uh, security awarenesses that I had was, uh, I think at the Saka conference, there was the engagement with the 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 company that was doing the was showing us how they do the penetration testing. I don't even know if you remember that company. I forget the name of the company. But when they were able to demonstrate how easy it was for them to have an organization when they're doing the penetration testing and and the fact that they look at everything, the physical security, the, you know, how to open locks, padlocks. The, the there's some things which 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 are 
I I had overlooked in I had not really thought that much about but the the fact that they were able to demonstrate how easy it is where where whereas it might it might create create some fear but it also provides you a level of assurance that uh these these guys are so good at at being able to um to hack your organization and imagine if you are able to protect yourself as far as possible from that those kinds of hacks perhaps you would you would have nailed it in terms of you know a level of of, of protection where you can have some level of comfort that okay fine at least if these guys can't get past me then at least i have something but i think that's a level of comfort that you'd want to have in um, you know in your organization and i and i think sometimes seeing things from from that perspective can it can open your eyes and make you realize um how sometimes cybersecurity is not as sophisticated as we, as we make out it's sometimes as simple as somebody walking into your office they have a laptop maybe they're able to plug in and they're in your system sometimes as simple as your staff being compromised with with one million shillings you know there there's some very small things that 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 can happen um sometimes as simple as somebody comes into your office your staff has left their pass the thing unlocked and this person is able to look at all your previous sessions log into using those previous sessions and they're in your system yeah so i think that that definitely can help uh, as I understand you from a software background, right? Yes. So when it comes to software, do you find that it is convenient for you to have a software which does most of those things of threat intelligence and all that, and uh, security awareness? Um, My question is a bit odd, but... Yes, it is. Do you find... <laughs> You find that uh, an example being uh, security awareness being taught, there are companies like know before and all that, so they will come in with their own softwares to, you know, teach people. Do you find it being very convenient to have softwares which are able to do that? Yeah, I I think I think you know, uh, it, this is just another tool, isn't it? So the yeah. software is another tool that you can that you can use, um, and I and I don't think you should confine yourself to just saying I'm going to only use software. I'm going to only do this. As I said, it needs to be different perspectives, different ways of doing things. But definitely, being able to track people's performance because having software also allows you to to run like quizzes and keep track of who's who's perhaps who's um, if you have a big team who has done the training, who hasn't, so you can follow up, perhaps send reminders. So there's a lot of uh, functionality that you can leverage on as a, as a, if, if you're looking at it as a training tool that is uh, that has been developed already on software. So I think, yeah, it, it, it definitely helps. But not just to limit yourself to, to that, but also I think having a real-world perspective of what is happening and what can be, how you can, your organization can be helped. I think that's in, that helps. That's also important in terms of your awareness, because because sometimes we take a lot for granted. We don't imagine that it can be that easy. You know, we don't we don't think about we don't think twice about 
uh, not changing passwords. We don't think about twice about reusing passwords across applications. We don't think about ever even being hacked on that level. So I, I think having that combination will definitely help. Yes, it's just uh, all about security awareness being all about broadening people's perspectives of what security is all about. And now, like the way you talk about passwords, if someone doesn't know like something like a password manager, they'll struggle with learning each and every password for every site and they'll keep on going and repeating the same passwords everywhere. Yeah. And I feel like as we continue along the way, you find that people, when they get through these programs, they get to now, you know, know that ah, this is not a good idea. Oh, I should stop this. Oh, I should try this to make sure that I'm secure. And it has to start from, I feel, I feel like you should also think about it in a family level that you find that you yeah, are making sure that you set up proper parent, uh, an antivirus, maybe uh, an intrusion detection system in your, system, in your network. Because if you don't do that at that level, because sometimes they don't need to compromise you specifically, they can go through someone you already know your family member, your your doctor, your what, and they are able to compromise you. So you have to think about it at a bigger level. I yeah. guess those are like my closing remarks. I don't know about you. No, I think I think that you're right. I think it's uh, security awareness. It's not just about being security aware when you're in the office. It also needs to to go home. You need to be able to take it home. And if you've been made security aware, then you know you can always tell your par your family, um, you know how what things they should and shouldn't do. Of course, you know the scams that that we get hit with. Um, you know, perhaps our parents are, are the ones who fall for them because they have that level of trust. That if somebody's calling us, for instance, saying, "I'm from UCC, send me your pin," they'll they'll think, "Oh, this is UCC," you know. Um, and perhaps fall for that thing. So it, it's important that that awareness is, is broad and it doesn't just stay in the office. It stays with us, how we do everything, uh, whether you're comfortable, for instance, um, you know, doing the bank transaction on your phone, is your phone secure, do you have a VPN on your phone? So yes, definitely it's broader, yeah. Okay. I guess with that, uh, thank you all for for attending this podcast and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. For some Thank reason you. the word attending didn't come out right, but <laughs> I was trying to look for another word in my head, but it was failing. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to say what that simple one is. <laughs> I may even add this remaining conversation in the B roll of the of mm -hmm. the podcast this time. Thank <laughs> you.